What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Reader Syndicate 3.0, the next evolution of the look into counterculture that is canon. My name is Matthew, owner of Riot Seeds. And this started as a one-man mission for strain history and breeding science. Over time, it's evolved into something bigger, better, and more of a team effort. We will be joined by members of the Canaluminati and other friends throughout the seasons to hear their takes on grow techniques, breeding science, strain history, and more. Our mission is to combat the narrative that corporate cannabis and seed posers are obfuscating for their own financial benefit. Welcome to the underground. We are the Syndicate. Welcome to Reader Syndicate. I'm Matthew, here with Thousandfold, and today we are here with Peaches. And Thousand, what are we going to be discussing? So we had Peaches on last season to talk about extracts um, in general. And today we have her on to talk edibles, because that is the other side of what Peaches does. Um, and yeah, very excited. We've had a lot of demand. Um, a lot of people ask Peaches, you know, on the, on the server all the time, like how she does this and that. So naturally we thought we'd have her on the show for for this one um so before we got into it though i just thought it'd be cool to break the ice a bit and ask peaches about how her outdoor season went <laughs> actually, just so you can talk just... about it broadly peaches yeah. <laughs> uh it went great actually everything uh came off we had a staggered harvest uh from anywhere from you know seven weeks out to the 11 weeks for the sour and uh, it went good. We got rained on a little bit, but nothing got moldy. And the most exciting thing for me is I actually found my peach turps. So um, from all the way through, I had one barber bud pheno that had peach turps. She smelled like it while she was growing. Uh, after harvest, she smelled like it. And now that she's been hanging and curing, she still smells like it. And the other day, I was smoking a joint. And I was like, oh my goodness, it tasted like I ate a peach fruit cup. And it was shocking. I had to wrap my mind around the fact that I was not eating a peach, but I was smoking a joint that tasted like peaches. So I love weed like that. Uh, it was amazing. And I managed, like, I don't know, we were three weeks from harvest or so, maybe four months. I don't know. She was fully budded when I took the clones, I was so behind and uh, got those clones and they managed to not only root but re-vegged and now I have two fully vegged plants in gallon pots ready to go so very nice it was a good year <laughs> yeah 
maybe later on we can ask you what what uh what edibles those might go into or what you think uh, might be a good fit for that flavor no. <clears throat> no i have a couple things in mind <laughs> does that that kind of flavor carry through to the edibles uh, i don't know yet because i've never had one uh that had peach chirps i know that like when we do the when i've done the tincture the glycerin tincture with strawberry banana flour it smells like the strawberry banana flour those terps That's come cool. through all the way through the cooking process and everything those those terps hold, hold strong um unfortunately a lot of terps burn off at different temperatures so you'll lose them during the mm -hmm. edible making process um but uh so I haven't I haven't tried the peach one yet. I'm interested to see. I've got a couple of peach treats that I make that it would be interesting to see how they add to all that. I'd love to see if blue works its way into in 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 like that for flavor. That would be cool mm -hmm. too. Seeing blue, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm glad Matt that you asked that question. I I realized as soon as I said you know asked about the peach thing. Yeah, I had no idea either. Um, yeah. but how terps make their way through that whole process. Um, yeah, but we will, we will be approaching that. Um, maybe any other highlights, peaches from your harvest, apart from your, your peach plant? Um, well, the bubble berry from, you know, Matt did excellent. I was really stoked on that one. Uh, they, they all did really well. Everything, you know, it was, uh, you water every day and you put effort into it every day and you, pluck leaves and do all this stuff. And it, it just came out really good this year. We have really good turp profiles um, on everything, good bud structure and absolutely no mold. I mean, we got a couple times of rain where it just rained and nothing broke. We had great structure on everything. It was, it was just an overall good year for the harvest. Good. Love to hear that. Yeah. It doesn't always go that way, that's for sure. No, not always. <laughs> yeah. Matt, how's your outdoor harvest going? Uh, I just knocked it down, all but except uh, one, two, three plants. So the um, creamy punch F2s are going to be harvested in, I don't know, two weeks, whenever I, whenever it's all dry. And then I have the, uh, what was it? Flow, flow, no, F1 Derm Flow Rider. I have that one in flower and it, to be honest it smells like cookies <laughs> dead on you know like <laughs> dead on um yeah and then there's uh i think i have some something from professor p out there too which is a miss universe that got hit by the creamy punch and uh, yeah there's one more creamy punch to harvest that's all black purple and it was the only one that went that extreme black purple but i, I don't love the terps on it so i'm not sure that i'm going to do anything only one that wasn't extremely blue smelling out of all those. Can you repeat that last bit, Matt? Yeah, I think you cut out for a little bit. It was the, it, the, the blackish purple one was the only one that didn't have extremely blue terps um, out of the creamy punch. Gotcha. Much more along the silver pearl. So I'm not sure if I'm going to even keep that one like or, or the seeds from it because you know, I, I, I'm really partial to hard blues out of that stuff. Definitely interested to hear more, yeah, as you as you go along. Smuggling um, the outdoor bro information out of me, evil. 
<laughs> I know. Sorry. I, I love doing it. We're going to have to kick you out of the indoor episodes. I know. You will be forced I'm, into the outdoor side. True outdoor <laughs> grower, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can get started. Let's talk about decarboxylation, everyone's favorite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So many opinions yeah, on this one. <laughs> yeah. What, what, um, what comes to mind when you when you think of this? It's essential uh, for edibles. If you don't decarboxylate, um, you're not going to get high. You're not going to get the same high because technically THCA does have benefits and it does things for your system. It helps with pain and inflammation and stuff like that, but it doesn't create the high that people want when they eat an edible. So if you don't do that decarboxylation where you convert it mostly over from THCA to THC, um, you're going to have a different effect and people are going to think your edible doesn't work. Um, I have one, I have one little question here on THCA and something that I've never really, you know, I'm pretty ignorant about it. If you try to infuse a bunch of material without decarboxylation, um, is there a purpose for that? Like, I mean, you're sort of implying that there, there might be a function. Well, that, yeah, but... because uh, the THCA is still a cannabinoid. We still can take it and use it, but it doesn't allow us to get high. It, it creates a different high. Um, and then it works more um, on your pain receptors than anything. So if you were gonna make yourself a THCA tincture, you would just know that you're not gonna get that same cerebral high that you would get from one that's been decarbed as you would, you know, that you're just gonna get some more pain relief um, than you would just getting high. Just like if you had um, a strain that had more CBD in it and you didn't decarb it, um, then you're still going to be fighting that high. You're not going to get high. Because like when people take edibles, they expect this, you know, body high to get tired. You get that cerebral high as well as just like some people get couch locked, you know. Um, and so if you don't decarb it, then you're just you'll feel something, but you're just not going to get that locked feeling where you're just like, oh, I'm high. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so in terms of uh, THC then and, and that conversion, what kinds of, you know, yeah, you, I think in the outline you wrote temperature and time. Like what kinds of parameters do you think work well or have worked for you? Um, I like to keep it at 200 degrees for at least an hour. Um, I like to use my uh, convection oven uh, to do it, but you can use your, you can use anything, a double boiler, a regular oven, uh, whatever you've got to use to warm it up. But I prefer, I go for 200. Once you go over 200, once you hit the 210 stage, you start to convert it to CBN. Um, and so you don't want to do that. You want to, you know, keep it as THC. So you don't want to, take it over 210. So I go with 200 for at least an hour. Um, and that's with whether I'm doing flour, hash, dry sift, rosin, um, anything. A lot of people like to uh, put their oven on and then they'll put the flour in there first and like roast the flour to decarb it before they put it in the oil or into uh, butter or anything, whatever carrier they're using. 
Um, I have found that when you do that with the flour first, it creates kind of like a roasted flavor, almost like when you vape flour, um, you know, that, uh, how the old, you know, like when you vape and you get your stuff out of the thing, it has that weird popcorny smell to it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. So if you do the flour first in the oven, you're going to get that flavor with, if you just put that flour in oil in a mason jar with the lid on it and put it in the oven, you're still going to decarb that flour, but you will not have that weird roasted taste. So just so I'm clear on it, in this situation, you are decarbing and infusing at the same time, more or less? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's how I do it. Uh, like even with uh, rosin, I'll put the rosin in the jar with the oil um, or whatever you're going to use. Um, you know, if uh, you're going to decarb it into butter, you know, I don't use a jar for butter. That's a whole different one. Um, but a lot of, yeah, all my decarbing usually happens during the process of infusing whatever I'm going um, yeah, no, to use to make Because previously I just thought that there was no, of you know, no difference, quote unquote, between separating the stages or doing them together. But yeah, that's a really good point about the flavor or, you know, what um, doing the decarb separately might, you know, it might have consequences in those, in those ways. Um, I had another question here, which was, does your approach change depending on what kind of uh, material you are decarbing? Like whether it's flour, whether it's an extract, uh, does anything change for you? Not with the temperature and time, no. It's all okay. gonna, you know, cause it's all, you're trying to get that THC to convert. So whether it's the flour you're using or the concentrated, all takes the same process. Um, uh, the only you. thing that changes, uh, that oh, the only thing that's different about all those ones is the when you use leaf or flower, you get more of that weed taste. Yes, yes, that's right. And I think, yeah, well, yeah, that's because people, I think people have asked you before, I've seen them um, asking you, like, how do you? How do you minimize that, right? And I think this was your, mm -hmm. one of your um, Yeah, it was one of the questions from um, somebody. Who was it? Just over the last day? I can look. Yeah, they uh, posted about it in the... Um, Let me see. Thing. Oh, Appy oh, Hills. Yeah. Appy asked. Hills. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say it using hash or rosin makes the least weedy um, hash and rosin, it's more spicy than it is that weed flavor. Um, Cause I can't stand the weed flavor. Like I, <laughs> it'll make me gag. I love it. Horrible. I can't I stand it. it. Uh -uh. I think it makes there's everything times, way better. No, there's times when I'm like out of habit, you know, you cook stuff and I, I try to taste things to make sure they taste right. If I'm making brownies or a cake or something like that. And, Every time I'll go to taste the brownie, but and then I regret it immensely. Every single you know, time. Okay. This is quite random, but do you remember me and Matt talking to you about pandang, that that leaf from Southeast Asia? Uh, yes, I do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Weirdly, I think that kind of aroma would actually work really well with oh, yeah. uh, 
I might have to try. Actually, now now that I'm saying, I might have to go and try it. Um, I think you should because that that's more on the side of like vanilla coconut already. Kind mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. I feel like those flavors might might actually kind of work with with the flavor of uh, it wheat. Is but... So good. I, I bet they it. would. It's also green. It's already green as well. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. The <laughs> total tension. <laughs> um, in this, I did want to ask Matt as well, another tangent. Matt, how much edibles have you made? Like, how much experience have do you have, like, making stuff, decarboxing? I've, I've done it, like, three times total. I have a, a machine we bought um, that's supposed to, I think, I can't remember what it's called. Is it's, it the Argent, to, the purple one? No. No, it's, no. it's God, it's on the tip of my tongue. But it's this little machine that decarbs it for you and makes, like, I don't, I don't even know what it is. But we never used it. Um, yeah, I've, I've only done it a few times, and the way I decarb is in the oven. I've done it that way. But I've made awful edibles. Like, awful. I'd let it burn up, and it was horrible. It was not good. Not good at all. <laughs> really stunk up the house, too. That was the other hard part, was how much it stinks up the house when you do it wrong. I don't know if it does. Does it stink that bad when you do it correct? Uh, it stinks no matter what. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just that it's that smell. It wafts. Even if you put it in a jar with the lid on it, you still get some smell. Yeah, see, weirdly, it's the smell of it puts me off more, especially if I've been in with it, like if I've been sitting with it all day, then yeah. it, it does start to get to me. That could be a lot, like, all day. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. That's cool. Okay, so was there anything else about decarboxylation that you wanted to talk about, Peaches? No, I think that covers it, honestly. It's really a simple process. It's just I think sometimes people forget to do it. Sometimes people think that rosin is already decarbed because you press it at a higher temp, but it's not on there uh, long enough for it to happen. Um, so it's important that if you are making edibles that you take the time to do this because otherwise you're going to you're going to be sorry. Yeah. Cool. And I think something that you did say that I'll just repeat or highlight again, the different cannabinoids do actually have different uh, points at which they convert. So yes. Um, I think you mentioned CBD. Is it lower or is it higher? Or... Um, I'm not sure about the exact temperature of what, it. when it converts to CBD, I'd have to look that up. Um, I do oh, know that at two at two ten is when THC starts to convert to CBN, and that's the one that right. gets the red color and it makes you more tired than anything. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Yep. So. Yeah, that's that's what you get when you like. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people will do their already vaped bud, right? Mm -hmm. that, I imagine that's a lot of CBN, right? Yeah, exactly. Or like older weed that's been around, like sitting around for a year. Oh, yeah. It contains higher levels of the CBN because it's aged and it's converted over time and oxidization. Okay, well, the next interesting topic is actually going to be carriers. And this is, this is, is interesting to me. So different fats or different oils have different capacities to absorb or hold um the canna cannabinoids um peaches yeah what what do you have to say on this one um yeah when you're gonna make edibles you want to use something that contains fat as your uh either fat or alcohol um because you need that fat to help transport 
it into your system when you digest it and all that that's part of what happens in your body is it it latches onto that fat molecule and that allows it to be absorbed and taken into your liver where it's processed and allows you to actually get high um, so it's important to use a butter a milk a cream um, you know you can use the mct oil because it's a medium train chain triglyceride um, which it makes it easy for you to absorb it so it makes it a little quick more quickly bioavailable to your system um, uh, and then like the alcohol well we all know alcohol absorbs thc yeah. Um, oh yeah so, that one i didn't have on the list yeah that's you yes. know like well i people so you know now the whole conflict between rso and fico um you know nobody makes rso with napsa not that i'm aware of anymore <laughs> um even rick simpson i'm pretty sure made his with um grain alcohol you know that's what people yeah. had access to so I a lot of times refer to it as RSO and have to be told, well, no, you don't make it with naphtha, you make it with alcohol. So it's considered FICO, which is full extract cannabis oil. Yeah. So, you know, we have to be terminology correct sometimes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so you mentioned that some of what distinguishes these carriers are like the capacity to hold and store you know the cannabinoids and then also the way in which they make those cannabinoids available to your system once you've ingested mm -hmm. them um what do you use the different ones for or do you use do you use like a range of them or do you have you kind of gravitated towards you know a couple of them um, um does it matter on your application um i i have different ones that i prefer for certain ways um like when I'm going to make a tincture, um, I love to use the MCT oil because um, it is just it's a great carrier. Um, and then uh, the milk or cream works great if you want to make a flavored coffee, um, ice cream, puddings, um, you know, anything that contains milk that you don't want to have to try to substitute oil in for, you know, because a lot of people have you know make oil and then they will substitute it in for something um the butter i love that for your basic cookie recipes um brownies work great with the oil because you always put oil in brownies you know every brownie recipe calls for like a third cup of oil as it is so you're not adding anything extra to that um and then uh, now when you want to do chocolate, a lot of people like to put the butter into chocolate, which is great. You can make a great ganache with chocolate and all that, but butter in chocolate will cause it to expire faster. So that's why I recommend uh, using cocoa butter if you're going to infuse chocolate or a coconut oil. Um, but some people have coconut allergies. So that's when you want to look into if you got somebody with a coconut allergy, you can use avocado oil. Um, and then you can use the cocoa butter um, also. And then it goes into the chocolate and you're not adding anything to the chocolate to make it different. Chocolate already is cocoa butter. Um, and I think people forget about cocoa butter a little bit because it's a solid that you have to melt. Yeah. Um, 
but it still will infuse and works great to put into chocolate. Very nice. Nice. You know, and then butter you can cook with on the stove. Uh, avocado oil, too, when you infuse it, you can use it to dress your salads, make a salad dressing, um, you know, season your vegetables. It just depends on how you want to consume it or eat it. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, I'm just trying to think. Anything else? Anything else about like uh, making your your choice about which carrier um, beyond what you've mentioned already? Any anything else that comes to mind? Um. Well. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I would have to say that, in my opinion, butter has the strongest taste out of all the carriers. Like when you put, because butter yeah. is probably, it takes the longest in, to make. And I think uh, you end up with more of that weed flavor in the butter. So if you're trying to stay away from that, that might not be something you want to make and use. Yeah. I will say that in my, you know, my, my personal experience, that is the one that, um, that is the one that has the, the, the greatest tendency to make me like, uh, I don't know, just feel quite grossed out just by being around it all day. Um, it's <laughs> butter and, and, and weed for sure. Cause it's mm -hmm. so, it's already so rich on its own butter, you know, when you're heating it up, mm -hmm. <laughs> combining it with the musk of cannabis is just like full on. It's very potent. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, that's excellent. I had one, this is more of a tangent because I know this is an edibles episode, but if you were making a topical, what, what kind of like, what kinds of base would you, what kind of a base would you use for a topical? Um, I like to use a mixture of shea butter and mango butter. Interesting. Okay. Yep. I do a 50-50 a mix of those two. And then uh, I also use a, a, with those two butters, I use a Jehovah oil, um, yep. an MCT oil, and then glycerin. And then I use vitamin E as a preservative. Yeah, I was I was fully considering making some for my girlfriend for Christmas because she's got like mm -hmm. you know, a sore neck and stuff. But I it might have to wait. Uh, I might have to like um, follow up on this with you and, and get a bit more info. And I'm down to try it. And maybe another episode too, unlike topicals, perhaps. Um, yeah, most definitely. And if you'd like, I'll send you my recipe, the actual breakdown of the um, weights and stuff. And it comes out really good. It's not too greasy. I've got it down to where it's more of a cream type. It's a whipped cream. Uh, and it's pretty effective. So if you'd like, I'll send that okay. to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would really appreciate that. You, you can't, you don't get high off it, right? Like my girlfriend does not like does not like um i don't i use it and i don't um uh, i've never had anybody 
Tell me they did. I did have a lady who used one of my bath teas and salts and fell asleep in the bathtub because <laughs> she got so relaxed. And she didn't drown? <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't drown, but she fell asleep in there. Her husband had to come find her. <laughs> now, this That's is wild. making me want to, like, make some some topical cream and, and try rubbing it on like in on like the inside and stuff to see if it will get in me anywhere. But I don't know. Also just, I assume that it's like a localized thing, right? If you rub it on your arm, yeah. you know, most of it will not get into your bloodstream. So. Um, yeah, I don't, I think it would take a lot to actually, you know, get all the way into your bloodstream and to, you know, I do know they do know make those topical cannabis patches now. So I know it has to get into there some to some extent, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's in there enough to like, if you, it was like eating an edible where you'd be like, oh shit, I'm high. <laughs> yeah. Cause she would be really yeah. mad if I gave it to her and then she got high off it. Like she'd be pissed. I, um, I could understand. Yeah. So um, I've missed the, I think I've missed the window to make it for, for Christmas, but I'll do it for another time. Well, if Valentine's is coming up. Yeah, there's that too, easy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, if we're happy with the carriers, you had mm -hmm. another point. You did already touch on it, but did you want to go into the glycerin tincture again in more detail, maybe? Uh, yeah, we so can do that for sure. What do you, so what do you use this for? Because I've never really, myself, I've never really heard of this. What is this? Glycerin is awesome because glycerin is water-soluble. And... Uh, so you can also, and you can use it as a topical. Um, you know, it's a humectant for your skin. It helps keep the moisture in. Uh, that's why I use it in the lotion. And then also it doesn't affect your, the insulin as much as sugars do. Um, there's gotcha. some research they did about that. Um, so the cool thing about the glycerin is that you can use it. Like I like to use it to make gummies. I prefer it to make gummies way more than oil. Oil to make gummies is a pain in the ass. Um, so glycerin makes great gummies. It, uh, you can mix it with just rubbing alcohol and use it as a topical. Um, you can drink it straight. You can put it in your coffee. You can put it in your soda. You can put it in anything. You can drink it straight if you don't mind the taste. <laughs> um, so that's what was you know awesome about it the reason uh, we chose a organic vegetable glycerin and we first did this recipe when uh, buckshot was on uh, fentanyl soma celebrex uh, lyrica all those gnarly drugs they had him on for his back pain uh, when he went to get off those we developed this glycerin and uh, it works uh, it just takes time. You, you have to, uh, it's not one of like a lot of people think with the glycerin, uh, you either do it like you would do a normal decarb or you have to let it sit for six months, which is one way to do it, but nobody wants to wait around for six months to a year for your stuff to infuse. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. Um, so he, uh, had some research with uh that he had done and it was skunk farms put out a article about how to do the glycerin tincture and uh so 
uh, in the middle of learning how to make all this is that that's how he figured out how to do the formula so that you can actually extract the THC into the glycerin. Um, and so our ratio is you get a gallon of glycerin and you can use anywhere from four to six ounces of flour. It kind of depends, like, you know, if you have big buds that are bigger, then you're going to um, uh, want to use four ounces per gallon. But if you have the smaller ones, you can get away with six. Um, it's important that glycerin pours way better when it's warmer. So if you warm it up before you pour it over the flour, um, it works better. And then uh, what I use is a, it's a little induction burner thing. You know, it only works with certain pans. And you put it on there and you set it <clears throat> um, to run at 190 to 200. Same thing, you don't want it to be going over 200. And you run it um, on the heat for four hours. And then you pull it off and you put it into an ice bath to cool it down. And if you don't have ice or you don't want to buy the ice, you can let it sit at room temperature, but it takes longer. Um, so you let it cool down. And once it cools down to room temp, you put it back on and you heat it up for four hours again. And you repeat that process six times. And during that time, you keep stirring it um, frequently so it doesn't burn to the bottom and you're, you know, making it kind of like when you're washing hash, you're, you're forcing the glycerin to go through the buds and, you know, absorb through and pick up all the THC. And so you do that for six times of warming and cooling, and then you strain it. Uh, I found some nut bags for making nut milk. Um, they're like 200 micron and a couple other, 180, I think, micron and a hundred micron and you use those and you strain it through and uh, you've got glycerin that you could put in your bathtub because it's water soluble. So you could take a bath where the THC actually goes into the water and doesn't that float as wild. oil on top. That's wild. Um, that is wild. Yeah. And then <laughs> it is, it's pretty awesome. And we've actually had it tested and it tested to where we got a thousand milligrams of THC per ounce of glycerin at that ratio. And, you know, so it, it makes good medicine and you can put that right into a drink too. And, uh, you know, or like uh, those sparkling waters. Um, I also put it in just a bottle and I'll flavor it like Loran's has some great candy flavorings. Um, yeah. that you can put into it. And then you got a watermelon flavored tincture or cherry or grape or whatever flavor you want. So just to be really clear here, do you ever use it alongside a carrier oil or no? It's it's instead of most of the time. I use it with uh, oil um, when I make my uh, topicals because my gotcha. topicals have an oil and glycerin in it. And so I like to use both of those medicated into the batch. Yeah, gotcha. But that's the exception. Generally, it's like, uh, like you were saying, because I guess the, the ultimate product is like a, yeah, water-based thing. So you want to use glycerin for that instead of, of the oil. But mm -hmm. yeah, okay. No, I get you now. That's cool. No, thanks for telling us about that. I don't think I'd ever heard of, yeah, that, that's a new one for me. Yeah, it's a pretty awesome product to have. 
Have you seen it used uh, any other ways that you, you, you came to try out yourself? Oh, yeah, I was a uh, saltwater taffy. You use glycerin to make saltwater taffy. So I'm in it. I just haven't had the time to make it from scratch yet. But that's one thing I haven't made yet that I've been interested in trying it in. Yum. <laughs> right? I just need a taffy puller. <laughs> yeah, right? Everybody's got one of those laying around. Right? I'm just right there. Simple taffy puller. <laughs> um, okay. Well, anything else about glycerin? Otherwise, we can move on. No, I think that's it on that one. Oh, if you're going to, uh, uh, a lot of times, not only, like, when you, if you want to press the, like, if you use the flour to press the flour to get the glycerin out of it, um, I like to use a wine press. Back in the day, I did have to use a potato ricer because I didn't have a wine press. Um, but those are the two pieces of equipment that come in handy when you want to, like, you know, extract anything like if you're using oil, even or even if it's glycerin, oil, butter, and you want to strain your leaf out and squish it so it comes out. Uh, I recommend a potato ricer or a wine press. Excellent it makes info. It a lot easier. How about sunflower lecithin, or however you say that? Um, I I use this. I I, I never questioned it. I I just read about it early on, and it seem to work mm -hmm. never never tried it without well, yeah there's the whole thing that it helps you uptake the thc there's that part of it that it makes it more bioavailable and helps it carry into your system the other thing about it is that is the key if you want to make gummies with oil uh, okay somebody... let me let me pause you here because what you uh -huh. said was was already something that i was quite interested in which is at least your, the, the initial point which was um have you have you side by side tried uh, an edible with with and without, and like have you seen the difference in uptake? Because for me, you know, you know, typically you hear about people making edibles, especially back in the day when we were just baking you know, brownies and whatnot. People would say mm -hmm. that it took ages to to kick in. Um, but when I when I have used lecithin, I feel like it's it, it kicks in really quick. But that's just anecdotal. Like, have you seen? you know, yourself, this effect? I honestly, I haven't experimented with myself because the only time I use it is when I make gummies. Um, gotcha. Okay. Okay. So I would, I'll experiment on buckshot though. <laughs> yes, I like this. I like. <laughs> Poor buckshot. On the buck. like, all right. <laughs> Captive, uh, but with the... uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, I was just making jokes oh. at Buckshot's oh. expense. Um, gummies. <laughs> You're talking about gummies with less of them. Yeah. Um, well, because it the not only does it help with the high, but it um it's an emulsifier. So if you want to use oil yes. to make gummies, you need an emulsifier or you're going to have a horrible mess. It's no fun. Like, oh, my God. I've had horrible experiences <laughs> with the oil and the gummies. So um, you I can assume get the oil liquid. just, like, starts leaking out of them. Is that right? Yeah. If you don't if do it properly, leech, does the oil it just leaches come, come out. out. Yep. It will leach out. And so not only do you lose that, and then they like to mold easier. It's just, it's just gross. 
um, but I found uh, they sell it in liquid and powder. I've only worked with the liquid, but I did find out a key with the liquid sunflower was that I had to let it bloom in the water like gelatin before I used it because oh. otherwise sometimes it would clump up. Um, Interesting. That's a good tip. Yeah, it, it took me a couple times to figure it out. But if you let it bloom, the liquid bloom, um, then you don't have that issue. And then I use it when I made, uh, I prefer to make, like I said, my gummies with glycerin, but there's times when I've had to use oil. Um, sometimes I've had to use alcohol just because that's what I've had on hand. And that sunflower lecithin helps with uh, the oil one immensely. I just had to make one with oil the other day and they came out perfect. You couldn't even tell they were any different than the ones I made with glycerin. Great tip. Um, yeah, because for me, like I usually just make a big batch of oil at the start of the year, you know, every year. And I mm -hmm. just historically have always used lecithin and, um, yeah, seems to, seems to be good. Yeah. Let me, let us know if you get to experiment with Buck. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Tell us how it goes. Um, okay. Um, anything else about that, that additive? It's a good tip for uh, people who haven't heard of it, for sure. No, I mean, you could use it. You don't have to just use it in the gummies. You like you use it in your oil. You can use it in anything to help with that. Um, it's supposed to be the same thing. Like, you know, if you eat mango, it helps enhance the high. It's that same idea. Actually, so. this is a good one for people to go try. Uh, comment down below if you have tried lecithin and if you, especially if you've gotten to do a side-by-side -side of some kind. I'm, I'm definitely curious. Um, okay. So you had a point here about making full spectrum oil. We, we kind of talked about it already. Is there anything to add peaches to? Um, well, sorry, I recommend um, if you're going to be making that, if you can afford it and get it. Um, I like to use, uh, it's by Extractahol and it's 190 proof. Uh, it's sugar cane, made from sugar cane and uh, it's organic. Um, but I know everybody has different budgets and stuff, but the higher proof you can use the better because then you're getting a better extraction of just the THC and less of the chlorophyll and all that stuff. Um, uh, the other thing when making it, uh, the longer you let it soak, the more chlorophyll you're going to have in there. Um, you actually, alcohol works very quick at, uh, dissolving THC so you don't have to let it um, sit for hours. You cut out for a little bit in the middle of that. Can you say that again, that last sentence? Uh, yeah, that uh, the longer you let the uh, cannabis sit in the uh, alcohol, the more chlorophyll you're going to get out of it. Uh, the right. alcohol is very effective at dissolving THC. And so it doesn't have to sit in there for hours at a time just to get the THC. It can just be, I think, like the minimum is five minutes um, and you'll have your extract and then you can, you know, strain and uh, get rid of it. And that stuff is supposed to be dabbable if you do a five minute so extract. Um, so I like to do it, let it set for, you know, 15 minutes to an hour in the alcohol and then strain it out. Um, the other thing with 
making it is you can do uh, what we term as stacking a batch, which is where you put your four to six ounces of weed into a gallon of alcohol. You soak it, let it do its thing, you strain it, and then you add another four to six ounces of weed to that same alcohol and you let it sit and extract it and then you strain it and go from there and then you get a stacked batch because you can't put 12 ounces of flour into one gallon of alcohol it doesn't work it's too much your ratios off but if you do it in a stacked batch you could get a stronger batch and uh, not have to use as much alcohol um, also make sure when you're making it you use a thermometer to keep track of your temperature um, you don't want it going above the 200 mark uh, all the same conversion stuff like with decarb and all that um, then you don't want it to burn uh, and then uh, same thing using uh, the wine press to get it all out of the material and the nut bags to strain it um, I even there's even we even use those uh, gold coffee filters as a double strainer on top of the nut bags it's like I don't know five times filtered um, and at the bottom is the 25u screen underneath the nut bags and then you'll get some very very clean um, full extract cannabis oil from that and it'll be uh, at about uh, I would say 80% THC uh -huh. um, at that ratio. If you make it like that, that means like for every gram, you have an estimate of 80% of that gram is THC. So when you're making an edible and you use one gram of that FICO, you can say, okay, well, that's 800 milligrams in that batch. There is, yeah, I kind of, one of one of the sections in here that we wanted to talk speak to was dosing and and potency um was there anything else to add to the extract oil otherwise i thought maybe that's a good segue into talking about like nope you know, how yeah. how you measure or estimate your doses no, that's a perfect way to segue that was everything oh. and with that we end this episode i wanted to thank uh peach First and foremost, for uh, coming on, and we're going to have her again next week for part two. I uh, wanted to thank Thousand, of course, for always showing up and always arranging these shows. Um, we have some real nice ones lined up uh, in the future. So, uh, Other than that, check out our Patreon and Discord. Um, we hang out there every day, and it's it's a family. It's pretty, pretty freaking cool, and we nerd out. We watch events together. We do all kinds of stuff together, and uh, you save 30% on Riot Seeds and uh, and uh, Goat Farm Gear, too. Um, we also have our reversal spray for those of you who want to make your own feminized seeds. That's available there as well. Just made a brand, brand, brand new batch. Um, we also have uh, Gert by Seeds in Australia. If you want to check out Riot Seeds and some of the other Breeder Syndicate members, we have Riot Seed Co. Europe for my Riot Seed stuff over in Europe with Gold Cut. We had Lifted Seeds, LFTD Seeds on Instagram. He, he carries a bunch of the, uh, the, the, the Breeder Syndicate members too, so go check him out. We also have CSI Cross or CSI Collab with Breeder Syndicate. What? Yes. CSI Collab with Breeder Syndicate uh, with the Jizzle Drop. It's very limited and dwindling, and you can save 30% on that too as well if you're a Patreon member. So go check that out. 
and that's also available on CSI Humboldt's site directly. Um, we are giving out the sour Jeezel seeds free with each Jeezel order, um, any of the packs. So get in on it before they're gone. Um, that's just while supplies are limited, and they are very limited. But we're also really proud of it. If you're one of those people chasing skunky notes, it's there. People have been asking, is it dead? Is it alive? It's there. Get it. Get it while you can, or you're going to be out of it and trying to trace down clones from a bunch of scammers or God knows what. So, yeah, go get it. And with that, we'll see you next week at The Syndicate. Want to sit at the table with The Syndicate? Check out our Patreon and our link tree or description below. Our merch site is officially live. We have all sorts of shirts, hoodies, and goodies to sort you out. And shipping is super fast. And most importantly, the quality is top-notch. I've been saving old designs for years for this purpose, so please check it out. Syndicategear.com We also have an underground syndicate discord where we get together and solve old strain history together daily. It's an amazing community of learning away from IG, and it's an amazing resource for old catalogs and knowledge. We hope you join our union of readers and growers. Come check it out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.